1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Ladies and gentlemen gentlemen, gentlemen. gentlemen, Hey
3: everybody, this is Richard Deitch and welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. Uh, big thanks to Sean Cherry and Patrick Antonetti for producing this. Um, we're doing this podcast like uh, many of you listening to this in self-quarantine. I'm uh, taping this in uh, Toronto and have been inside now for uh, about a week, and um, so it is uh, <laughs> it is actually good to do uh, something like this. It sort of breaks a little bit of the stir craziness. My guest this week is Scott Van Pelt, the ESPN Sports Center anchor and longtime ESPN presence. Um, in this podcast, uh, Scott and I discuss what I think you will find pretty interesting, and that's how his show is adapting to the current coronavirus crisis, what working at ESPN is right uh, is like right now. And if you remember, Scott was on the air the night the NBA was canceled and was basically flying blind, no script, and just sort of figuring out as things went along in the studio with Adrian Wojnarowski as Doris Burke and Ryan Rucco. We're doing the uh, doing an NBA game live, essentially the last NBA game of the year, I think, between the Nuggets and the Mavericks. So it's a really interesting conversation just about how uh, you know Van Pelt's professional world has changed, as all our professional worlds have changed. But I think you're going to enjoy it. Scott's always a very thoughtful guest. I've talked to him a number of times. And so coming up on the Sports Media Podcast, ESPN's Scott Van Pelt. My next guest, who has been on my podcast a number of times, doesn't really need a big introduction. If you um, if you listen to this podcast or if you watch sports, you're quite familiar with Scott Van Pelt and his work at ESPN over the years. Um, he hosts his own version of SportsCenter and has really become the template, I think, for that entire company in terms of what SportsCenter uh, maybe should be in the 2020s, what it can be. And the reason I wanted him to come on, I mean, I could have Scott on anytime and he'd be an interesting guest and, you know, I'd love it one time we can go a couple hours on this, but this is going to be very specific to, um, what's been going on this week with COVID-19 and, um, and Scott sort of, uh, had to fly blind on a situation that never occurred before. And that's doing sports center when the NBA season, uh, basically was canceled and they went back and forth with Ryan Rucco, Doris Burke. And Scott Van Pelt, Uh, I wrote about uh, from Ryan Rucco and uh, Doris Burke's perspective on what that was like for them. And so I wanted to just check in with Scott to sort of see what what it's been like to host SportsCenter in this essentially, um, you know, surreal and never before time. And so Scott Van Pelt joins me on the Sports Media Podcast. Uh, Scott, thank you very much for uh, popping on today. I really appreciate that. I'm happy
2: to do it, Richard. I have nothing
3: else to do. (laughs) <laughs> well, first off, so, you know, give me a sense of just and I think not me a sense, but give the people who are listening a sense of so what is life like for you right now? Are you um you're spending I imagine a lot of time at home? You're probably not in self-quarantine at the moment. Do you have to go into the office for a couple hours? What is and give people a sense of what it what it what is your work like at the moment as we tape this on Tuesday, March 17th?
2: Well, I mean, it's it's certainly different. Um, in terms of what we're covering, obviously, because there's very little left. But for the moment, we're um, we're kind of a skeleton crew. Uh, we're continuing to do uh, a sports center at night, and they have been, I think, very thoughtful about the number of people that are required to do so, the number of people that should be in a room at one point in time, anytime there are large gatherings in that room, going through and trying to be um very thorough and making sure everything's you know wiped down this and that um i think i think it's a challenge for everyone um people on our show staff people in, in our office anywhere where people are still gathering in mass and by that i mean you know more than a few of us right to to know what we're meant to do and to just be smart about it so it's a it's kind of more of a skeleton crew than it's been and we're essentially taking it day by day, um, less hour by hour now, just because pretty much everything is shut down. Um, I don't know what else there is to say we're we're postponing, but for now, I think we're we're taking it day by day and, and wondering what there is to cover. We're grateful in the short term for Free agency in the NFL uh, and the names that are involved. I mean, like this is this stuff would be headline stuff regardless, right? Even if the tournament was still on and the NBA and the NHL and everything else was still playing. So we we have something in the short term to cover. How long we'll have something to cover? Well, that's another matter entirely. But for now, um, I mean, we're not. I'm, obviously, the kids aren't in school. We're home in the house. We're not going out and about. I'm just going in and uh, doing my job. Uh, it, the same as ever now, it's different, but I mean, it, our, our our small little crew is still gathering and, and doing shows, and and until it becomes clear that that's not what we should do, then we will.
3: Scott, can you give me, I, I know that you work, um, you know, you, you principally work at night, so this is sort of a, a guess on my part, but probably a logical guess, that there would be less people on um, the ESPN campus in Bristol at night versus sort of the regular nine to five from your perspective at night, how, um, how reduced is the campus? Like when you're driving in, like, do you see far less cars? Is it, is it like many people would, uh, who have sort of experienced who are still going to work? Like essentially like a, a bit of a ghost town and a very eerie feeling or is, or is it similar to what it is normally is for you?
2: No, I'd say what it feels like Richard is, is a bit like, uh, On a like on a holiday, um, you know, you notice that there's not as many people. Um, There's one sort of uh, small little parking lot that's nearest the 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 building where I work, and that parking lot isn't big, um, and so it's kind of a challenge to find a parking spot. Which I think sometimes people are always They find it interesting that wait you don't have a parking spot no nah, man i'm looking for a spot the same as everybody else uh, those spots are easier to find now because there aren't as many people um and that that's that's clear like the, the, the number of people in parking spots is the, is the one most obvious whoa like there aren't as many people here uh, but again i think our company like so many others is being very very what's the word of the moment abundance of caution people that are able to work from home are doing so and um that that's the most obvious sort of difference is just the availability of parking spaces.
3: Have you found management being hyper vigilant and sending out uh, notes to the staff about uh, if you can practice social distancing, if you can, um, and some of you can't work from home? Uh, we're going to keep you updated on everything because obviously we're a massive major sports company, and so much of what we do is now being determined by things. Out of our control. I, I've always, you know, you know, I was gonna say, like, you know, if if ESPN does something stupid, I, I'm sort of happy to mention it. But one thing about your company that I've always said, and I really, really admire, when it comes to the health of their employees, when it comes to when employees get into trouble, uh, you know, if they're abroad and something bad happens to them, it really is a first class and first rate company. So my instinct would be that ESPN has, generally speaking, been pretty good in thinking about. Um, the health of their employees but obviously I'm not there you are
2: two things you're you're exactly right I mean wh- whether it's a, a snowstorm that well whenever that's a bad example because it, it, there was no winter in New England but anytime there's like a threat of a snowstorm there are you know rooms have been secured at this local hotel so that if anyone that's working at night like you don't have to drive home you're right they their they're instinct in, in and what that's just a snowstorm this is a pandemic I mean they're obviously um, you know they're out in front of the most accurate information um, and the most sort of up to date. You know, no one's like no one's being forced to do anything. Uh, it's just sort of what people are comfortable with. I think every every company and, and ours is on that list is doing their best to figure out what's what's necessary. Um, obviously, to do a show, it requires a certain level of, of participation and presence. Um, but but yes, your instincts are, are accurate that they're very concerned about um, the cast members, as we're known at Disney, and uh, looking after them.
3: Scott, I want to go back to last uh, last Wednesday, and I'm sure both of us would probably acknowledge this. Last Wednesday seriously feels like 1915. Like It, it literally feels like 50 years ago, but yet it was last Wednesday night where um, you're, I imagine preparing for a sports center now, obviously a sports center that's still going to be incredibly different given what everything that's going on. And then all of a sudden in the second quarter, I think if I, if I'm wrong on my uh, timeline here, I apologize. But in the second quarter of that uh, Mavericks nuggets game, the, um, the season basically is canceled. And that precedes what happened with the thunder jazz game. When the players are not walking on the court, they're, not coming on. Gobert eventually tests um, positive for the coronavirus. You're probably somewhere in Bristol watching all this, like, holy shit. And then somebody at your company tells you, Scott, you're going live on the air here. Um, You're going to toggle between the live game with Ryan Rucco and Doris Burke, and let's see what happens. So I want to sort of dial down into this, because this is, like, really the kind of stuff that news anchors do. in situations of, you know, uh, conflict and disaster and stuff. We don't often see this with sports. So if you could take me just uh, like, let's sort of start with just that day and going in and what you thought might happen. And then the moment you start going on the air live with us.
2: Well, we were, we were sitting there doing what we always do. We're, we're preparing to do it, um but we're also preparing to do halftime because on Wednesdays, this season we've been doing half times of the early and late games with our show following the late game. So um, the first quarter in Dallas is going and we were getting ready to talk to Woj because Woj was going to share the news that the NBA was going to be on Thursday to try to figure out what to do moving forward about playing uh, games. If you remember, the reporting was, was without fans, that that was going to be the next step. And as we're, Preparing for that, we're watching on one of the televisions this jazz thunder game, and it's obvious something's not right. And by not right, I mean people are leaving the floor, and people are leaving the floor. And we're getting this report from Royce Young that somebody might be sick. What happened with with the in Oklahoma City was obviously like a wait a minute, what's going on? And then we're hearing that the game's being delayed because of an illness. Well real quickly, you're going, holy shit, somebody's got it. And not long after, it's Rudy Gobert's got it. We go up and we're going live to Royce, because Royce Young's there, who did great work in, in real time trying to to piece together what he could, and now we go live to him, and it's, man, they're back there in the back, the game's been postponed. Five minutes later, Roach is tweeting, the season suspended, and and now in real time, everything obviously has changed. And I talked to, uh, to Clay Skipper yesterday from GQ, and I told him that, it, I don't know why, but it, it was just like sometimes there's just this clarity. And at that moment, I'm like, everything's done. Everything. Because the NBA is the, is the big, giant domino that's going to you know cause all the others to, to fumble. Uh, to, to topple, I should say. Mark Emmert said as much yesterday. He said as soon as that happened, they knew the tournament was over. And so, I knew that I knew that our evening was going to change at that point because now obviously we're covering this this very uh, unusual, actually un, actually unprecedented situation. And the most bizarre part, Richard, is I throw it back to to Ruco and Doris, and they're just doing a game, <laughs> and at, and they explained to you in the article that you wrote. You know, just how how like, surreal is this word that is getting used a lot. But what other word is there when you're calling a game and knowing that this is it, like uh, that the season will end. So we kept ping-ponging back and forth between them and us as as we got more information. And Royce is is telling us that these teams are still back there on the back, and you know, there's going to be this night second game, this nightcap game. And you're like, Are they going to play? And then it turns out that one of the officials officiated the Utah game and then as we're waiting for Dave Pash and Richard Jefferson to call that game and I'm doing this Phil segment, I'm hearing in my ear from my producer. Uh, we're getting warned that the New Orleans don't want to play. They're not on the floor. And I'm like, here we go. They're not going to play this game. And that's, that's what Doris and, and I was talking about and I think we were all wondering, like, how do they play this game? Like, it's just such a surreal odd deal here. And then the minute that they, the Pelicans realized, well, this guy refereed that game, turned out uh, Courtney Kirkland did not test positive for the virus. But, but you can understand their concern. Well, now that game isn't going to be played, and now I'm not doing a Phil segment anymore. We're just on the air. And you go from doing two minutes or three minutes before the game to doing an hour and whatever we did live with no commercials and no script and no fucking clue what's coming next, man. Like, it's, it's you know, look, live TV is, is you know, I, I – long ago got over the whatever concerns there were. Like, be honest with your audience. Just be transparent. If you don't know what's going on, if you can't hear somebody, if you don't know where you're going, you can tell your audience, just give us a second here. They'll understand. And our production team did a phenomenal job of never letting me be in a spot where I didn't know what was going to happen, even though none of them knew what was going to happen. It was always just, we would talk to him. We got Malika talk to her. We got Royce back in OKC. He's got something. Hold on. Here's Mark Cuban. He's talking live. And we just, in real time, were, we're trying to process this along with our audience. I mean, it was that rarest of rare where there, we don't have a script. We don't know either. We'll learn what you learn together.
3: One of the things, Scott, that's always interesting to me, uh, when I talk to people like you who have a lot of... Um, live television experience is, are you able to separate, and this is obviously, again, something we'll probably never face again, knock on wood, hopefully not in our lifetime, but are you consciously aware that sports has fundamentally changed for a long time as you are in the middle of doing this? live show as you're in the middle of talking to Daris and talking to Tom and talking to Woj and talking to Royce Young, all those guys did a great job. Like, are do you know in the back of your mind that I'm, I'm we're now entering a world that's never going to be the same again? Or are you so hyper-focused on like sort of what is immediately in front of you? The brain cannot process something that's so macro. You got to focus micro only.
2: I think you're capable of both. Honestly, I think you're, you're, you know what your job is, right? So you're, you're, you're focused on that. But, at the same time, um, for good or for bad, I'm I'm a thinker, and I sometimes think out loud. And I think on that show, there were probably moments where I did think out loud, like talking to Roy Young, and he's saying that Utah is back in the locker room, and I'm saying, well, who the hell's qualified to come check them? Like, will they just dial up the, the the Oklahoma City coronavirus expert at ten o'clock on a Wednesday, and he comes in and, and administers? 20 tests when nobody has tests in this country? Like, I, I'm thinking out loud and asking that question just because that was what I was wondering at the time. And I think I, as we're going through all of this, as we're processing this, you are absolutely aware that everything fundamentally just changed. Everything is either going to put on, be put on hold or for a decent amount of time it's, it's, going, to be, it's going to be shelved, Permanently, I guess. In some cases, as an example, the NCAA tournament—it just all happened. Hadn't, I mean, they played every year since 1939, like through wars, the whole bit. No, no tournament. So yeah, you recognize. Wow, I mean, this is this is truly a never before in our lifetime moment. Um, but yet, I'm the one doing it, and and it's just me. There's no other anchor to give me a break to kind of process it, and let the producer tell me something in my ear. I'm the only guy out there. So, you know. You're doing your job while at the same time you're, you're, I think, processing and thinking about what everybody that's watching it is like. Wow! Like, what does this mean? And I don't think we, I don't think we, you know, however many days later, you know, I don't think we know the answer to what it means. But we can get pretty good, you know. We got a pretty good idea. I mean, it means everything is uh, completely, completely different uh, and will be for some time.
0: Selling a little or a lot. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast.
3: One of the things, Scott, that this, what you know, as I'm talking to you, sort of NFL free agent, NFL free agency. quarterbacks are being, are signing, being traded. Tom Brady is leaving the Patriots. So this week, ironically enough for you, Um, there's a lot of news. There's a lot of news, as you just earlier said, that would have been, you know, top of the show, a block kind of news, regardless of what was going on uh, with the NCAA tournament or elsewhere. But um, you you and your producers now have this whole new paradigm where you got to think about, like, well, what do we do in, you know, on April 5th, if, like, there is literally nothing going on? And so I just wonder, in at least early discussions among your core group that does your sports center, how are you trying to philosophically a- approach this with no live sports?
2: We're we are absolutely minute to minute, hour, hour by hour, day by day. There, there's it's a bit like it's a bit like parenting, and what I mean by that is, um, and you 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 know it. You have small children as well. If if I talk to you right now about like what are you what are you guys going to do this summer where are you guys going to go you're going on vacation you got some plans yeah yeah yeah. we're going to go there but right now i have we've we've a lot we've we've run through our allotted paw patrol time i got sam has pushed charlie down somebody is charlie's pants are off i don't know why he's outside it's cold like I have to deal with Charlie putting his pants on and get people to not push each other, and we've got to get from nap to dinner and then dinner to bath and bath to bed. And, and, and it's very apt, I think, a comparison of, right now as I'm talking to you, just for you know, uh, transparency of the listener here, it's Tuesday afternoon, and I'm going in to do a show tonight, and we're grateful to have a bunch of NFL free agency with actual big names and big stories. Cool. We'll do that. Um, tomorrow, maybe the government says nobody gets to go anywhere tomorrow. So planning about April 5th right now is is beyond a fool's errand. I mean, it's just an absolute waste of time. So are we all fundamentally aware of the challenge and maybe the fact that it won't even be doable? That You know, you entertain the possibility of, of really SPN... Uh, collectively come to a decision that there's just we'll, we'll go about things in a different way I mean you got the D- PTI and, and the DC shows right like the, they're dark I think I mean I think that block around the horn PTI like they're taking some time away I mean who knows what they'll decide um, so if when I think about like you say April 5th if I think about it I think well I haven't got a clue because I truly don't um, in the short term we'll try to do the best job we can do with whatever there is and um, the, the thing that's so interesting is that for all the other people out there, you know, that are that are so exasperated at sports, this thing that we turn to to get us through the tough times is gone. It's not a diversion for us; it's our occupation. And absent that, what do we do? Um, we're creative, I think. We'll, we'll do the best we can to make uh, chicken salad, as they say. But if we run out of chicken, <laughs> you know, I don't know what we do. I, I truly don't.
3: Um, one of the things that I saw you did on social media that I thought was really, really cool and now has clearly become uh, a segment for you on television is uh, where you're sort of calling senior night where you asked athletes um, basically uh, who are uh, who've lost their final season uh, because of coronavirus to, I guess, what, send you photos or send you videos. It's really smart user generated content and I I, th- I know you enough to know that you just sort of did this organically but my thought is you know I wonder if you guys have thought about like this is kind of the rare occurrence where if you use social media you actually may be able to get a lot of interesting content on the linear side you know what I mean on the television side people really appreciate the senior night thing
2: no th- listen there's th- th- what's really really interesting is um, I. Thursday night we did that we did a show and this is when everything's now done you know everything's postponed and you're like it's just this grim reality truly truly has landed and in our post show meeting I said to our group I said you know what we should do you know we we should try to reach out to to the players at high schools colleges and, I, and I, my thought at the time was like the smaller ones because like. The image I had in my head as a Maryland fan was of Anthony Cowan, Maryland senior point guard. After they played their final home game, they won a share of the Big Ten, they cut down the nets, they walked off the floor, they had their senior guy. Now, does it suck that they don't get a tournament game? Of course. But at least they had that. And I thought, well, for the for the people that are in the midst of these playoffs, or if you're in a spring sport and you're just kind of getting going and the NCAA says, that's all done. That's just, imagine how harsh that is. I Truly, they're robbed of something, uh, a chance to compete, a chance to play. And I thought, what could we do? Well, we can acknowledge them. Well, how do we acknowledge them? I don't know. Just mention them. Let people know. Here's this team that was going to play in the state final. Here are these kids, these, these I shouldn't say kids, these young men at, at West Point who played on Army's baseball team. We talked about them Monday night. I mean, just acknowledge them. Just let people feel seen and and, and, and salute them, so to speak. And... I came home that night, and there was an email chain that was involved with a number of different people on the social side from ESPN that had the exact same thought. And this happened independent of, its, of each other. And then I get a note from Jimmy Pataro, our president, uh, thanking me for the stuff we had done during the week, and said, you know, I sent an email on Thursday night to a bunch of people with that idea about senior night. And I thought, well, I love that all of us, independent of one another, had the same idea. And my thought was... All right, let's throw a quote. I, I know people will respond, but I mean, to this degree, you, you know, I shouldn't be surprised because everybody's got a story. Everybody cares about their town or their kid. And, you know, the fact that, it, that, that the number of these submissions have come in has been both good and, and, and bad because you, you want to give everybody some love, and it's just an impossibility. Um, but, yes, it is done with an idea that we need content, and let's make let's make something positive content that we need, something that is maybe a light in this dark time. And that's how we felt about it. And so we've only done it a couple of times. I've already gone through, and we've got a bunch we want to do today. And, frankly, I just want to do more and more. And maybe, Richard, as time goes by, if we have less to do, maybe we actually, who knows, maybe you're able to to bring somebody on, you know, remotely. I mean, you, you, you FaceTime, Skype, however you want to do it bring somebody on to let, to let, to ask him about it, you know, to tell them a, tell me a story about your team. What would you want people to know about your high school team or whatever the case may be? Um, that's, that's a possibility uh, of what kind of organically happens here. But it was, um, you know, the rare moment where social media is actually, um, a great thing. And, you know, I shouldn't say where, cause, cause it does, like you see people like Shay Serrano, you know, and, you know, the fuck out of your army and those people that, that raise money and he's handing out, Buying uh, paying for people's bills online that are that are, that are stuck because of what's going on here. Like social media can be a great connector of people that are motivated to do good, and, and this was this was an opportunity where it was like, hey, look, tell me about your team, tell me about your kid, and I mean, just go through that tweet and look at it, man. And it's like, you know, you smile because you just you realize how many how many accomplished young men and women there are out there that were, you know, that were doing their best, and it's it it sucks that it ended, but. Um, If we can tip our cap, tap the stick, whatever, um, we're going to try.
3: Last question for me, and you're right, I mean, I think we've both talked about this. Twitter is sort of the best and worst of all of us um, on a sort of a 24/7 base, 24/7 basis. Um, you know I, I try not to just I, I don't want to be alarmist for anybody who's listening to this, but I think if you are just willing to sort of read and particularly read um, informed uh, people, public health officials, medicine uh, scientists, doctors, we're in for a long haul. On this one, and it strikes me, Scott, that in particular when it comes to sports, even if the games come back, I think they're going to be transformed. Certainly in the near term, forever. Even if something is, uh, you might not think about this, but I think there will be people who will actually really be reticent about even just going to a game, being in a large stadium for a long, long time, perhaps for years. Um, and so I just want to, I'm asking you something that's just going to sort of come top line here and you haven't really had a chance to think about it, but I think a lot right now about if we are fortunate enough to sort of get past this and and get back to a little bit of normalcy, I really do think sports has sort of fundamentally changed forever. And I, I wonder just what your thought is on that kind of thought.
2: I understand that, that point, but I also saw all the bars in Chicago last weekend, um, I went out in my town where I am Saturday night to pick up some food to bring it home, and it was not like sort of full it was slammed and I'm looking around I'm like do, do do y'all do you not read do you do are you without any form of news gathering, news uh put uh, newspapers and cable news whatever like I, I you know what I'm saying like what 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 are you doing and so I think people, by and large, are going to live. I mean, I think they're still doing it right now. Like, There's still like a bunch of states where there's no, like, there's schools open and there's no change. And it's like, what are we fucking doing, man? Like, w- w- that doesn't work. Th- this is how this is allowed to linger, I think. Um, so I understand what you're saying. I think that sports will look different just because when games come back, they'll probably be forced to be without any fans, which is going to be very, very strange. But my sense is is that, especially if it is a long haul, and it seems like it will be, that we people will be so excited to have something to go do that they'll go do it. And, and I've said this a million times because it's true. Sports are our greatest gathering point more so even than churches, because there's different religions. But the religion of sports is, even if, you know, you're on one side, I'm on the other, you wear red, I wear blue, well, this is the place where we'll gather and we'll do this together. And they're our greatest connector, and the absence of them as a healer here is such that I, I guess what I'm saying is I disagree. I think that when we're finally given a coast is clear, we come up with some kind of a vaccine, or we believe that there's enough information that this is probably not going to wipe us out as a, as a, as a race on Earth. That we'll go back to do what we do, uh, and that sports will be what it's always been, our greatest healer uh, collectively. So, um, I just hope we see, I hope we get the answer to that sometime before before summer. But I mean, with each passing you know mile marker that gets taken down, right into May, into June. I think we all rightfully start wondering, Richard. When when is that? When does this start to to look normal? And by the way, if if you had a hard time getting through four, five, six days, like, can you imagine a couple, three, four months? Like, what are we what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I I don't know. I really really don't.
3: And uh, the only thing I was going to say, Scott, is I'm with you. I, I think when it does come back, it will be a healer. Uh, and I hope my instincts are wrong. I mean, I hope I hope the medical authorities are like. You can go and you can gather in large groups because I think sports will be a major, major factor in this country in in sort of the, the process of becoming normal again. Can I ask you a question? Absolutely. Totally unrelated to this, how are you doing? You all right? Well, yeah. Well, you know, um, for I haven't really mentioned much on um, – certainly on this podcast, but my mom passed away uh, – uh, within ten days ago, actually, boy, man, or it feels like uh, or it might have been eleven days now, but it, it feels like feels like a lot has happened in lifetime since then. So, uh, coupled with that, um, and everything else going on with uh, COVID nineteen and trying to get back to Toronto and having two little kids, uh, it's been, you know, unlike anything uh, I've ever sort of had to process and the the honest truth is scott i think you can sort of appreciate this is i really have not had a chance to grieve the loss of my parent there's just been so much that has gone on that uh that you just have to take care of on a day-to-day basis i haven't i haven't really had a chance to sort of stop
2: well you you gotta you gotta take care of you man you you gotta take care of you you gotta take care of you and and Social media social media sucks, but, you know, you sharing the stuff you shared about your mom and just, you know, seeing, you know, I, I smile looking at the pictures that you posted and, you know, I, uh, look, I don't want to make more per, more of your personal life public here. So I won't, you know, wander down the road other than just to say, you know, people that have been through loss, you know, they'll tell you that the love doesn't go away. And I know I promise you it's true. And, uh, you know, there's a lot going on, but you just take care. Make sure you take care of you in the midst of all this craziness, and uh, allow yourself that room because it's very necessary.
3: Yeah, well, that's very that's very kind, of, Scott, and I appreciate that. Um, and I appreciate your time on uh, to come on today, Scott Van Pelt. Uh, as everybody knows, uh, is the host of, I mean, I will just call it the the uh, late Eastern edition of SportsCenter because, it honestly, may be on at different times over the next couple of weeks, but. Um, you know he will be on that show and his excellent staff and and they will f- figure out what kind of content to bring to you in what is uh, extraordinary times. And uh, Scott Van Pelt has basically become one of the pillars of ESPN, and, and that speaks very well, in my opinion, of ESPN. And I would say that if he wasn't my guest or not, uh, because I've certainly written it and said it before. Um, Scott, thanks so much, man, for for time today. I appreciate it, and uh, stay safe to you and your family. Thank you.
2: I appreciate it. Hang in and be well. Be safe. All right.
3: All right, back uh, in the studio, so to speak, my thanks to Scott Van Pelt for uh, an interesting and, and honest conversation. Previous guests prior to Scott, if you want to check out on the Sports Media with Richard Deitch podcast page, Dr. Celine Gounder and Grant Wall, they are married. Celine is a uh, infectious disease doctor. Grant, I think many of you would know, is a senior writer for Sports Illustrated and one of the preeminent soccer writers in the country. And um, Celine is um, someone who you've probably seen on CNN or heard her podcast and gave what I thought was uh, sobering and, and important information on the coronavirus and where we are now, and uh, or at least where we are when we tape that, and the nexus between sports and the virus. So check that out. Before that, John O'Rant uh, a couple weeks did uh, Tony Romo's contract with me and some other sports media talk. Prior to that, uh, go down the list of people who I spoke with, Shannon Spake and Jamie Little of Fox on how to cover NASCAR in the Daytona 500, covering Kobe Bryant with Howard Beck and Tim Calakami, uh Tiffany Green and Megan McPeak on being uh, pioneers in play-by-play, Jalen Rose, Adam Amin, Jim Ross, Joe Buck. Those are some of the people who you have heard on this podcast in the last couple months. My thanks uh, to everybody at Cadence 13, from Patrick and Sean to Chris Corcoran Spencer Brown, John McDermott. We uh, will continue to publish this podcast as long as we can go. So uh, we'll have somebody next week, probably a little more sports media oriented talk. Until then, thanks so much for listening. This is Richard Deitch. We'll see you again on the sports media podcast.
1: Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast.